We're really glad you're here this morning. We're in a series called Wait What? And uh, I say this all the time. I'm a curious person. Uh, and I'll be talking to someone. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. But you're talking to somebody. And, uh, and you're talking. And all of a sudden they drop a bomb on you. Like, uh, uh, yeah, and then I was also, I was also uh, a cosmonaut. You're like, wait, what? Like it just comes out, out of nowhere. Well, what we're talking about uh, in this series is unbelievable things from the Bible that are actually true. Now, you might go, wait, what? I can, I can hear from God? Yes, you absolutely can. What? I don't have to be anxious about things? Ab- absolutely. And so last week, what we talked about was the uh, power of doubt And if you are doubting any part of your faith or doubting the Bible or you know someone or maybe you're watching online and one of the reasons you're not going into a church is because you're just kind of still wrestling with some things, uh, that sermon lets you off the hook. We find out during that sermon that um, your heavenly father, uh, uh, specifically represented in Jesus Christ, was okay with the doubters. As a matter of fact, He gets all the way to the end of his ministry, right before he goes shooting up into heaven, right? And it says, but some of them doubted. And they were talking about the 11. (laughs) The 11, some of them doubted even all the way up. And here's the other fascinating thing that we didn't spend too much time on last week, was he left them knowing they were doubting. He was comfortable with it. He's comfortable with the journey. So if you haven't seen that one or you uh, want to, you can see it on the app. You can go on our uh, website and see it as well. And if you know someone who's struggling with that, you can just send them the link and uh, they can be all caught up. Um, This morning, what we're going to be talking about is uh, something that's near and dear to my heart because I've struggled with it ever since I was very, very little. And that is uh, anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety for a very, very long time. And the, the good news is, I think I finally, only took me 57 years, but okay, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm finally at a place where I feel like I have it under control. I finally uh, am in a place that um, I feel like when I'm preaching this, I'm like, you can really overcome anxiety. And you can. And that's my wait what? Because if uh, um, uh, several years ago, like uh, maybe five years ago or 10 years ago, if you said to me, uh, John, you know, you, you can, you don't have to worry. I'd go, wait, what? And I was a pastor at that, at that time, right? And, but I still struggle with it. And maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe that's you, that there's different things. Maybe it's your life stage. You have young kids and uh, that, that's new for you. Uh, maybe you just recently became single and that's new for you. Maybe you uh, purchased a house and that's new for you or something happened, a new job, and there's this anxiety. The thing about anxiety is that it does no good. <laughs> It does zero good. It doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't help. It feels like by being anxious that you're doing something, but you are not. Here's what's happening when you're anxious. This is what it does. It releases cortisol and adrenaline. And adrenaline is great if you're being chased by hyenas. Uh, It is not good if you're just doing your taxes, okay? Like you don't need adrenaline to just like make your mortgage payment or your car payment. You don't need that. But but, But your body doesn't know the difference. And so when we struggle with anxiety, it starts releasing these things, cortisol and adrenaline, and your body is, is acting as though you're being chased or you're in danger. And um, 
We won't get into the little part of your little almond-shaped part of your brain that releases all that, but also dizziness, hyperventilating or uh, hypertension, uh, increased heart rate, muscle tension, repressed immune system, uh, trouble sleeping, excess blood sugar, and weight gain, and gastrointestinal distress. I won't go into what that is, okay? So my point is this, it does no good, as a matter of fact, anxiety does harm. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at an Old Testament story about a person who uh, had been given some news and how they handled it correctly. And then what we're going to do is look in the New Testament and see this section of Scripture, very famous section of Scripture, that really matches up with that story. Now, just, just a little pro tip. Um, you shouldn't go around trying to match up Old Testament narratives with New Testament. Like it, it, it doesn't always work that way. And I'm not saying that, that these two are directly related, but I was just amazed at how well they, uh, they um, kind of pair up together. And so I combined them at the end. So I'll show you. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I think so. I'm a geek when it comes to the Bible. So uh, that's it. So here, here's what happened. The Israelites, uh, God had given them the land of Israel, and their job was to wipe out everybody and take over the land, okay? That, that's part of this uh, Abrahamic covenant that we talked a few weeks ago about. And so um, on their way to do this, there were three groups of people that God told them, leave them alone, okay? And so uh, what's happened is it's kind of backfired. Now, God is all sovereign and all knowing. And so he probably knew this was going to happen. I don't get into his head. I don't know why he let them go. But now it's, they've turned on Israel. These three groups of people have now turned on Israel and now they're attacking Israel. And when you look at like Chronicles and Kings and Judges, basically in a nutshell, it's just three books of bad leadership, like just terrible leaders. And then you'll have these bright stars, just kind of these good leaders, like just like seasoned in there every now and then. And this story has a good leader. His name's Jehoshaphat. Okay. I, I don't know why we don't name our kids that anymore, but okay. Uh, you know, Joe, I guess, but uh, Jehoshaphat. And so he's a good king. So here's where we're going we're gonna to pick up the story with the news uh, that what Jehoshaphat gets. It says, after this, so you don't have to worry about that. That's just a time has passed. The Moabites and Ammonites and some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. These were the groups that God said, leave them alone. Well, now they're back. Now, what do you do when you're a king? And you get that kind of news, okay? I know exactly how I used to react when I would get news like something like that. You would start to freak out. At least I would. And maybe not. Maybe you guys are, are, uh, have done way better in your life with anxiety than I have. But I would, I would start to freak out. I would get all the things that we saw on that first slide. Released adrenaline, cortisol, uh, increased heart rate, get, get super, super nervous. And this is what happens to Jehoshaphat. Alarmed. He is alarmed. It is a big deal. And, and maybe Israel could have handled one of those groups of people. Maybe the Moabites, okay? Maybe the Ammonites, you know? But now you've got three. And this might be the situation you're in right now. Like you could handle your marriage, okay, being a little bit rocky right now. But then when you add in your boss, and then you add in some financial situations, 
it's too much. Or maybe you're, you're doing okay in one area and, and, and all of a sudden you got some news with your health and you're like, okay, I'm going to start making some changes in 2024. And then all of a sudden uh, you find out that uh, something else is going on in your life. And it's just, it's just that feeling of that one thing. Like maybe you could handle the one thing, but when you have three things all together, maybe for you, it's just a realization like, I thought I'd be farther along in life than I am now. I thought I, thought, I thought I would have accomplished more or whatever. And that just begins to be a weight on you. And then one other thing gets added. Like your sister marries a gazillionaire or something like that. And you're just like, oh, man. Like what, 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 whatever it is. Uh, alarmed. Alarmed. So what do you do when you're alarmed? I'll tell you what I try to do. I try to fix it. So mine would say, alarmed. Uh, King John went to go make sure all the chariots were in working order, <laughs> right? We'd grease all the wheels, make sure all the ho horses are fed. Alarmed, King John would make sure, uh, okay, is everybody trained on how to use a sword and a bow and arrow? You know, like, like that's what I would do. Typically, when I get this anxious thought, the first thing I do is try to figure out how to fix it. And that is completely opposite of what the Lord would have you do. Watch what Jehoshaphat does. Alarmed, he, call, he goes into prayer. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I know I, I put it in here. Um, I have a buddy who's a missionary in a Muslim country, and they have calls to prayer. It's a, usually music that comes on on very loud speakers, and, it, and it's like three times a day or whatever. And it's very, very early in the morning, in the middle and then at night, and then everybody puts out their prayer rugs, and they, they pray. And I said, well, what do you do when the music's going, and they're called to pray uh, differently? He says, well, I pray. That call... For them to pray the way they pray is the call for me to pray the way I pray. And one of the things that I've mentioned before here, probably on many sermons, is that every anxious thought, everything that comes into your mind is a call to prayer. It's the music by which we say, you know what? I'm going to go before the Lord. This came, I'm alarmed right now. I can't believe this happened. You get a pink slip. You get this. You get that. Alarmed. Every anxious thought that comes into your mind is a call to prayer. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat does. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Alarmed, he says, we got to pray. Alarmed, we got to pray. And my prayer for us as we go into 2024, that we have this in the back of our mind, that we don't have to be crippled by anxiety. You don't have to figure out how to fix it. You don't have to figure out how to grind your way through it. Every anxious thought is a call to prayer. And so he, he, he's resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Now think about this. You're about ready to go into war and you weaken your people. <laughs> like, I would have been like, look, we got to make sure all protein diet for the next week. We got to strengthen you up, fatten you up, get you strong. Okay, you got to do some, you know, Romanian deadlifts. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. He says, no, 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 no. What we're going to do is we're going to humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father. This is incredible that he would do this because we know he was alarmed. We know this was a big deal. He's not just sitting back doing nothing. He says, I'm going I'm to resolve to inquire the Lord, and we're taking a fast. So the people 
of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. This makes no sense. It, for, for you and I, the way we handle things, this makes no sense to just, I mean, this sounds like, I don't know if you're like me, but I've been around Christians for a very long time. And uh, like uh, people will say, like, I'll be thinking about something. They'll go, well, have you prayed about it? And I'll be like, no, I have too much to do. I can't spend time. If I pray about it, that's going to waste time for me to fix it myself. And all throughout Scripture, it says the exact opposite. Of course, you're going to pray about it. it. It's a given in Scripture, right? And so that's what happens. Indeed, they came uh, from every town in Judah to seek him. Now, they, they say this prayer, and I took, I took the liberty of taking six verses of prayer and kind of summarizing what they prayed. Okay, and I, I put this in here. One, one is they, started, he st they start off with God of our ancestors, and this is the prayer of remembrance that God has been doing this for a very long time with his people. God has seen all the circumstances that you and I could go through. So, you know, oh, I lost my job. He's seen that before. He's seen that. For generations, he's seen that. He, he's gone. He brought Christians through the Great Depression. He brought Christians through World War I, World War II. He's brought Christians through all different, uh, different political situations in all different areas of the world. They start with that God of our ancestors. And then they, 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 part of the prayer is this idea of God in heaven, that there's another kingdom that is actually the kingdom we should be concerned about, the kingdom of heaven, which is why Jesus prays, uh, uh, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So they establish that he's in heaven. They establish that he rules over all the kingdoms, that there's nothing that they need to do or have to do, that he's in control. He's in control of everything. Power and might are yours. So they're establishing his power. No one can withstand you. In other words, if, if you want it to happen, it'll happen. If you don't want it to happen, it won't happen. And then they insert this little thing, which is so cool to me. Uh, also, it's kind of your fault. It's like, it's like this part of that. And I, we didn't have time to go through it, but he, they're like, oh, yeah. And then also, uh, who were those three groups that you told us not to kill? Oh, oh that's right. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meunites. That's right. And, and who were the three that are attacking us now? Oh, yeah. That's kind of the way it prays. Read your Bible. It's really awesome. So, so, but God's fine with that. God doesn't say, oh, it's my fault? Okay, well, here's what's going to happen. You know, hope you like uh, Kalal. Okay, so, uh, uh, and then, but here's where they end up. And this is the most beautiful part of overcoming anxiety. We have no power. We have no power. Now, you would think that would increase anxiety. But as I've gone through struggling with anxiety my whole life, uh, the less control I try to have, the less power I try to have, somehow it makes no sense the more peace I have. As a matter of fact, uh, Jehoshaphat says um, this great line in uh, the way it's written in the NIV is really cool line. And hopefully you can memorize this for this week and the coming weeks in 2024. This is the conclusion of this long prayer. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It even rhymes, okay? And so you, you, you take this as the number one alarmed Right? It's okay. You, you hear the news. You see what's happening. You get the doctor's call that says, hey, you need to come back in. There's a problem. 
right? You get, you get your, you know, you, you look at your bank account, <laughs> alarmed, right? Right? Is it negative? How do you, how can I have negative dollars in the bank, right? Uh, right? So we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. That's a fact. You don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. We trust you. You are the God of our ancestors. You are the God in heaven. You are mighty in power. No one can withstand you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's my prayer for you guys in 2024, that this would be, that every anxious thought would be a call to prayer. And we just say, God, we don't, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Whatever happens, it's in your control. There's nothing I can do, right? Now, we're going to see in just a little bit, there are some things we can do, but it's not about control, okay? All right, so we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood before the Lord. This is one of the sweetest pictures of just a family going before the Lord in a time of difficulty, in a time of distress. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I just want to talk to the young families that are here. The fact that you guys get up with young kids, you get up, you get them ready, and you get them here so that they can hear the word of God. When I was reading this, I almost came to tears when I was going through the study because I would just picture our young families here of, at Living Spring, just the men and their wives or the spouses and the children and the little ones standing before the Lord, making that a priority for your family. It's so sweet. It's so beautiful. So my hat's off to you. We, we took our, our, our grandkids out to dinner last night at a restaurant. God. Man, I don't, I don't know. I go to the gym. Nothing prepares you for that. Nothing prepares you for squirming everywhere, the, the dirty floor. Man, God, you, God bless you, right? So they go on. So here's these families, right? Now the Lord speaks to them. And here's what he says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of your finances. Do not be dismayed uh, or discouraged or afraid uh, because of a relationship is having a, a rocky time. Do not be afraid or discouraged because your kids uh, are, are getting D's. Do not be afraid or discouraged because you don't know how this year is going to and you, or this situation is going on. These are the same words God would have for you as he has for Jehoshaphat. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Why do I know that it's the same God speaking to you as it is to Jehoshaphat? Because the conclusion is the same. For the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. As a pastor of a church, the best church in the world. Um, I, I, there were times when I didn't know what was going to happen with church. You know, like numbers are up, numbers are down, well, finances are up or finances are down. And the Lord had to drill into my head. You are not the chief shepherd, bro. You are a sheepdog. I'm the shepherd. You do what I say. You don't have to worry about it, Okay. Just go bark around everybody and round them up, and that's your job, okay? Just that's your job. I'm the shepherd, right? But here's the thing. The same thing that he had to, like, push into my big head is the same thing. He says, it's not your battle. It's not your battle. But God's. 
but God's. I know it feels like it's your finances, but they're not. I know it feels like this is your health. It's not. It's not your battle. Now watch what he says to do. This is really cool. Because you think, well, I guess I can just lift my feet up and let the current of culture and everything just carry me away. And I don't have to do anything. That's not what he's saying at all, right? He says, you will not have to fight this battle. All right? Listen, take up your positions and stand firm. Are you having an issue with your marriage as a husband? Take up your position as a husband and stand firm. Take up your position as a wife and stand firm. Take up your position as a parent and stand firm. Take up your position as an employee and stand firm. It's not your battle. It's the Lord's. But we stand firm in the faith that he has got us. You see what I'm saying? Whether it's relationships, finances, jobs, health, all these things, the economy. There's nothing we can do about the economy. I hate to break the news to you. Okay? You know what we should do in 2024, which would be cool for America, is have an election. That, that would be fun. Yeah, let's do that, right? We'll all get upset one side, the other, this, Congress, blah, blah, blah. You cannot do anything about it. I hate to tell you this. It's not your battle. It's God's. We take up our positions and we stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He says it again. Go out and face them tomorrow. So it's not that we hide. We go out. We do it. Oh, what about my job? Go out and face it tomorrow. Oh, my school. School starts again on Monday. Oh, my goodness. Go out and face it tomorrow. You got this. It's not your battle. You say, I, the, the kids bully me and make fun of me, and they, 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 I'm not accepted by anyone. But take up your position as a teacher and stand firm. <laughs> right? You can do it, teacher. You can do it. <laughs> do not be afraid or disappointed. Just go out and face it, man. That's your job. He's got you. He's got you. And you say, that makes no sense. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. So then what happens is uh, some of the Levites and uh, Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They get it. We're going to be a people of praise. We're not going to be a people of, uh, of anxiety. We're going to be a people of action who praise the Lord, who invite him into everything. It's not our battle. He's going to fight for us. And, and then this is so cool. Jehoshaphat, I love this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat was the king. He could just say, this is what we're doing. But he brings the, the, the people of God around him and says, okay, what's, what's the plan how should we go about this? Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord after consulting the people and, then, and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. This dude threw the worship leader out in front. That's cold. That's cold. Tanner, we'd never do that to you, buddy. All right. Now, there are some worship leaders that I've seen at other churches I'd, I'd put them out in the front, I bet. You know, they're just like, I love you. Look, 
oh, you know, yes. Good. Got move them off to the side. Okay. I'm just playing. I wouldn't do it. Right? So they put the worship band at the head of the army. Now listen, this is where, this is a stretch, but let me just tell you, I'm just going to share what, is hap- what happens in my own life. When I turn my anxiety into praise, everything changes. When I, when I turn my, my issues into gratitude, when I remember all the great things God has done, it begins to change my mind and my heart. It, it guards them. When I, when, I, when I go into the situation where I'm like, I want to fix it, I want to fix it, I want to fix it. And he says, no, 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 you're going to, this is my battle, not yours. I want you to praise. I want that to be at the head. It changes everything. Wait, what? I don't have to fix it? I just seek my heavenly father and have a, a heart of praise, attitude of praise? I can't explain it. But yes, it really is true. So they send, the, they send them out, and this is what they say. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir uh, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. And it goes on, it says, after they had finished slaughtering the men from Seir. So they all just turned on each other. And this is what happens when we worry about culture and what's happening. Our only job is to do what we have to do in our relationship with Jesus. Everything else will all work itself out. And so that's what he says. And so then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this in, uh, in, this, in this narrative. The armies had so much stuff because they were going to take over and set up camp and just take over all of Israel. They had so much stuff. It took Israel three days to get all the plunder. Like they just go in, grab a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, here we go. Next day, another three days. It's amazing. God turns it around. The very thing that made that army so strong was the very thing that funded Israel. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. All right. So, as I said, there's a section of scripture uh, in Philippians, very famous, that matches up very well with this Old Testament thing. And it starts out like this. Do not be anxious about anything. Now you can say to me, and I, would, I totally understand, anything, John? Anything? Like what about, and you could start telling me your story, and I'm sure it's tragic, and I'm sure it has lots of horrible things, but I can only tell you what the Word of God says, and yes, you do, do not be anxious about anything. You say, John, you're a pastor. Isn't there a loophole? You're a professional at finding loopholes. Okay, I have a loophole for you. It's in another uh, um, like translation of the Bible. And it says, be anxious, okay, for nothing. <laughs> so if you want to say, well, can I be anxious about something? Yes, there's this NASB, New American Standard, says be anxious for nothing. Otherwise, you have the NIV, which is do not be anxious about anything. What does anything include? Well, after great Greek study for hours and hours, it means anything, okay? It, don't you, the, you say, wait, what? 
wait, what? That cannot be true. I'm telling you, it is true. Yeah, but what if I find a lump? What if I find a tumor? What if this? What if this? There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, all of them, by prayer and petition, every anxious thought is a call to prayer. Do not be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, <laughs> right? So you're thanking him before anything's changed. Present your request to God. Present your request to God. Not after you've done everything. After we've done everything. After you've exhausted all your options. Then go before the Lord and say, I did everything I could. Mm -mm. Do not be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But by everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Every anxious thought. Lord Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't know what you would have me, Jehoshaphat, resolve to inquire of the Lord. And here's the thing, the wait what? And the peace of God, you say, the peace of God. Nothing's been done but prayer and there's peace. That makes no sense. I know. And Paul knew that too, which transcends all understanding. Wait, what? Yeah. I don't know how it works. But every anxious thought is a call to prayer. And, and you say, well, does that mean that the anxious thought goes away? No, it'll come back in. And then there's another call to prayer again. And then it comes back in. Oh, there's another call to prayer again. And we invite him in and we invite him in and we invite him in. And watch what this does. Watch what this does. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It'll begin to guard your heart. Guard your mind. So that these anxious thoughts that come in and your first response is prayer, 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 prayer. Let me ask you this. Uh, not to get super spiritual on everyone, but if, you're, if you have an enemy, the devil... And let's just say, I don't know, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, okay? So let's just say you have an enemy, the devil, uh, who, who puts these thoughts in your mind or tries to make you feel anxious. And every time he does that, you go to your heavenly father, he's probably going to change tactics. Like to be anxious means to be at the feet of Jesus. He don't want me anxious anymore. He'll figure out something else for sure. But it makes no sense. It transcends all comprehension, the New American Standard says. All understanding. It'll guard your hearts and your minds. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Can you imagine that? To be able to experience that peace, even in the midst of difficulty. Wait, what? Yes, it's true. It can, it can happen. And then, part of, part of our job then with this anxious thought being called a prayer, is we have to start looking at what am I filling my mind with? Because if I'm sitting online all day long on social media and it's making me anxious and every anxious thought is a call to prayer, maybe that call to prayer, the Lord says, you know what? You might want to stay off of social media as well because you're coming to me a lot 
with your anxious thoughts, you know, which is fine, but you might want to, you know, that's an upstream problem, okay? You, 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 you have to nip it in the bud. Here's what it says in the Bible right after this in, in Philippians. So the peace of God, it'll, it'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Now, if I spend all my time watching some online news program about all the different things that are happening in the world, and I'm feeding myself anxiety, maybe when I go before the Lord the fifth, sixth, twelfth, a hundredth time, he goes, son, you got to stop that. It's not helping you. Yeah, but there was a shooting in Detroit. <laughs> You don't live in Detroit, okay? You've never been to Detroit, okay? Why are you worried about Detroit? I don't know. Just, it seems like the world is, you know, it's like, wh why don't you do you, right? It even goes on. Paul goes on to basically say that. He says, look, don't be anxious for anything. Bring that to prayer. Oh, and by the way, stop filling your mind with garbage, which makes you anxious, okay? And then... From here, well, then what am I supposed to do? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. You do you, and don't worry about anything else that's going on. If something happens outside of your control, that's not your battle. That's the Lord's battle. You don't have to worry about it. You just do what God has called you to do. Do you know how freeing that is? <laughs> you know how freeing that is? I don't have to fix it. God can fix it. All I have to do is fix me. Worry about me. Here's what happens. Here's the promise right after this. And the God of peace will be with you. This, as we sung, is how I fight my battles with him. Now, uh, we, we have a little bit more time, so I want to show you how these two, uh, we'll go through it real fast, how they kind of... Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a stretch. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Alarmed, okay? He's alarmed, but we're taught, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. So he's alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. Jehoshaphat is doing this live stream, okay? That's what he's doing. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire uh, of the Lord and to proclaim a fast for all Judah. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, he says. God says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Uh, uh, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. So in other words, he says... Hey, don't be discouraged. The armies will still all be there. None of your circumstances will change at all. But just go out and face them tomorrow. That makes no sense. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So after consulting the people, he appoints the worship band to go take a few arrows. Okay? <laughs> we'll guard your hearts and minds. He says, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever and the peace of, uh, and the God of peace will be with you. 
They enter Jerusalem and they start singing and just reminding themselves about all the things God has done. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Anything praiseworthy, think about these things. As the worship band comes back up, closes us out. Every anxious thought, every anxious thought is a call to prayer. As we end with this final song, and I invite you to come. You can kneel at this stage. Uh, I like to do that every week to kind of set my, set my week up, uh, to just kind of put the prior week behind me. But maybe you want to sit there or come up or do whatever, and you think, what, what is that anxious thought that keeps getting me? and getting me, and getting me? Is it your finances? Is it the relationship? Is it your kids? Is it your lack of kids? Is it being single? Whatever it is, is it getting older? And you're like, man, I don't know how much more time I'm going to have. Whatever it is, address it this morning. Address it this morning. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that uh, we don't have to figure it out. We're so thankful that we don't have to work it out. We don't have to uh, force something. We don't need to medicate. We don't need to manipulate. We, it's your battle, Lord. It's your battle. I pray uh, for those of us here who are struggling with anxiety, who are struggling with not knowing what to do. Lord, would you help us bridge this gap? And would you show us Maybe not how the battle's going to end, but maybe some things in our life that we need to remove so that we can think about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. If there's any, anything excellent or worthy of praise, Lord, that we would focus on those things to renew our minds, Lord. We thank you, waiting for you to speak, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're not standing, why don't you go ahead and stand for the blessing. Now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.